0: Sorry, I'm saving all my weird energy for my answer, so... <laughs> Open your mouth, prepare your tongue, because you're about to get a taste.
1: I cannot believe we've done 12 episodes
0: without me being able to talk about Final Fantasy. Well, I know the doll is bad, so
2: I gotta think the Dusty Balloon is less bad.
3: I mean, if all life everywhere ends
2: what have I lost facial <laughs> hair as a theme is not something I ever would have chosen
1: so yeah that's the one that rock is just sweaty the whole time
2: yeah. you've got that good good pointy jafar
0: beard
1: <laughs> I've got three pages of AMA citations
3: this is the debate this podcast
2: hello and welcome to debate this the show where no one is right but someone is definitely wrong In this podcast, we take time out of our busy adult lives to talk about comics, video games, and how Norman Reedus will now be the next addition to Super Smash Brothers.
0: Will he have his weird baby fetus that allows him to see invisible monsters? Is
2: that what the baby fetus
0: does? Whoa, you've played more of Death Stranding than I have. I've only watched like 12 minutes of gameplay.
2: (laughs) That's exactly 12 minutes more than I have.
3: (laughs) the, The latest character release snuck up on me, so when I saw... Terry will be the new fighter in Super Smash Bros. My mind immediately went to Terry Crews. <laughs> and, uh, That'd be awesome. I was I was only disappointed. <laughs> um, is it
1: just me or does that game not look fun? Death Stranding. Death Stranding. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: mean, um, I like to watch movies. Watching movies is yeah, no, right. fun.
1: <laughs> right.
2: Well, exactly. I don't. What game is it? Death Stranding. Death Stranding. The, where the opening joke is from. Oh,
0: well, we're doing a podcast about video games
3: that all missed me. So <laughs> good. Go. All right.
2: Well, then. Hi, guys. Um, <laughs> I'm here. Great. So about a month and a half ago, we sent two of our nerds to Portland to go talk to other like minded nerds about retro video games. We also sent those two nerds with a mission. Find a topic for an episode divisive enough to rock the floors of the Portland Retro Gaming Expo.
1: And we didn't talk about Death (laughs) training.
2: Well, (laughs) they did rock the floors, though. (laughs) (laughs) Luckily, our nerds came through, and tonight we present you that episode. The question was picked by us, but the answers were picked by you. If you were on the floors of PRGE and you found our booth. Joining me to fight for the people's choices are Kyle, visit the clown room Harper, Todd, be the big spoon Thomas, and Andrew, rent a hot tub by the hour, Henderson. what's um, Wait, what's this one? <laughs> you're, you're right, Matt? <laughs> so this is all things that you can do in Portland. I wanted this to be a very Portland-themed oh. episode, oh. so I Googled things to do in Portland, and the very first link was, I think, from, like, Ranker, and it was 56 weird things to do in Portland to keep your trip Portland weird or something like that. Um, yeah and all of these are very real legitimate businesses or things that you can do in portland
0: i want to be on the record andrew and i only did two out of these three
3: yes
2: (laughs) but we're not going to tell you which two
3: (laughs) the answer may (laughs) surprise you (laughs) if be the big spoon is different than like the the common terminology we're used to and where you're okay it's not it literally just means like cuddling someone and being yeah being the big spoon there's a there's
2: a place in portland where you can pay someone to cuddle with you and you can be the big spoon or the little spoon oh
3: yeah that's kind of nice is it i don't know how i feel about that that's wholesome
1: or creepy i don't i can't tell
2: that's something i'm sure people who don't have social anxiety really
3: enjoy it's one or the other and it's not and it's not anywhere in the middle
2: (laughs) it's wholesome or creepy All right, I'm done talking about weird Portland things. Uh, Guys, that's what you think. (laughs) When you think (laughs) about open world RPGs, you probably think of games like Breath of the Wild and The Witcher or The Outer Worlds and Skyrim or maybe even EVE Online and Minecraft. When you think about RPGs, you probably think of words like exploration, immersion, inventory management, character creation, and class lists. When you think about RPGs, you almost certainly don't think of 8-bit, 2D arcade cabinets in the back of a stuffy old pizza joint. Don't tell me what I think. (laughs) (laughs) Well, today, my dudes, I want you to confuse your brains and satiate Portland's need for the weird by telling me which classic arcade games deserves a gritty open world RPG update. All right. Let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'm saving all my
0: weird energy for my answer. So there's gonna be a lot of weird energy today. Yeah,
2: it's super weird (laughs) energy. Um, I said off this call that anytime I scroll through the show notes and see something, it was the year 20 XX. Anytime there are letters (laughs) in the year, I know it's going to be a weird episode. Uh, Anyway, guys, what games are you taking wild, gross, unnerving creative liberties with? And since literally none of these games had anywhere near enough plot to fill up the 200 hours of game time that a modern RPG calls for, give us a synopsis of the new game of the year. Kyle, we'll start with you. All right, let me set a scene here for you. We, sh-
1: we should get a uh, RPG trope bingo card going.
3: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you're playing at home, we'll, we'll, we'll put that up on, the, on our Twitter <laughs> uh, when we release the episode. And you the, guys uh, the, free, the free space is betrayal.
0: Yes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, all right. You wake up. And it's the morning of your 16th birthday. You live in, you're in a little, a little village little mountain village, um, and you're excited because you are finally old enough to become a squire and begin your journey to knighthood. Your father, a renowned general in the king's army, has returned to town to witness your rider's ceremony and take you on as his personal squire. You begin your rider's ceremony, a a tradition in your town where you climb the nearest nearest mountain and, um, you know, capture and tame your... What will be your mount for your um, squire's journey to knighthood? You climb this mountain, you complete your trial, and you bring your new ostrich mount down the mountain
2: <laughs> and take your what? oath into,
3: into the squiredom. Um, you are now a squire sworn to assist your, your knight to protect the king's realm and avenge them should they fall. As the ceremony ends, a horrible screech reaches the sky and a flock of pterodactyls appear over the mountains and attack your village um having just taken your oath you you assume your role you hand your father's legendary lance he's you know taken with him in countless victories you mount your ostrich and prepare for battle Kyle, did you just write Dragon Quest Eleven?
1: <laughs> because
3: I'm pretty sure this is Dragon Quest Eleven. I have not played Dragon Quest Eleven, so any any similarities between my <laughs> my game and the plot of really Dragon Quest Eleven are merely coincidental. As you make your way towards the the approaching flock, a massive pterodactyl breaks out of the formation. Clearly, like the leader of this group. It makes a beeline for you and your father. It swoops down and attacks. You're knocked from your mount. You see your father lashing out against the beat, fighting valiantly, but not winning. Um, There's a, you know, a flash of teeth, kind of lose sight of your father, but you hear a sickening crunch, feel a splash of blood across your face. You see your father's lifeless body in the pterodactyl's jaws as the massive beast rises to the sky and takes off or for its nest with its fresh meal.
2: What an opening.
3: Metal. Yeah. As your hand finds the shaft of your father's lance left in the ruins, you take back your seat on your ostrich. Your vow of vengeance rings fresh in your head as the screen blacks out and the title page fades in, joust. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> And I an ostrich riding adventure platformer.
2: <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, man. I briefly for a second forgot that what we're doing today is taking retro games and making them an RPG. <laughs> it's <laughs> I, very silly. I was really in it for a second. Man, um,
3: this is great. So that is the that's the opening to uh, the the gritty RPG <laughs> remake of the classic arcade game joust.
1: It's very good ham-fisting those fucking ostriches in that
3: very
0: <laughs> serious. I feel story. like when you're typing this up, at some point you're like, "Oh, there's got to be an ostrich
3: reveal," and here it is. There's okay. like four key things about the ga- uh, the original game Joust, because it was a 2D arcade game that had like no graphics, no mechanics, and a button and a joystick. So I had to keep the, I definitely had to keep the ostrich. the ostrich mount
1: the the, so it was just it was really funny that you've never played dragon quest because honestly like you just described the first 30 minutes of dragon quest Uh, 11 it's like you you wake up it's like your 18th birthday you have to go and (laughs) do the usual jrpg become a man trial which is your training right and you have to climb a mountain and you get attacked by a pterodactyl
3: (laughs) man (laughs) that's a real bummer that it's a that it's a straight rip because i mean the tropes of JRPGs don't leave a lot of wiggle room. For no, there's there's, anyway. there's
1: seven games that have been created in the last twenty years, but uh, I would say yours is definitely way better because the Dragon Quest story is just like the
3: pterodactyl attacks and you're fine, and everyone just, oh, okay. and
1: everyone just goes down to the mountain and they're cool. So this is ba- This is way better.
3: Good. Yeah, this is a tale of of revenge and um and finding yourself and semi flightless birds. <laughs> I don't know if ostriches are semi-flightless. In this continuity, they are certainly not and can fly a lot, because that's gonna be important later. But (laughs) um, I'll I'll stop hogging the time and let Todd tell us about his bad game. Part
0: of the definition of like flight, I think in a bird is any even a little bit of flight. Like the slightest amount of flight makes a bird ability to fly. Flightsome. Okay, Todd, go ahead. You can't (laughs) all right. (laughs) <laughs> Thanks for that. That's you saying flightsome is the weird energy of this podcast. So that's fine. All right. So I'm also going to paint a picture for you because this was one that we talked a lot about in Portland. Um, so the scene opens overlooking a destroyed town. Gray smoke hovers over destroyed buildings. There we see a man, burn marks on his coat, a cut on his leg, and a gun strapped to his back. He is cleaning bright green blood off of a serrated knife. <laughs> Curled up beside him, you see a large anaconda named Coily.
3: <laughs> it is resting after its most recent meal. Does it, does it want none? Unless you got buns, hun? No. Am I... The anaconda? Sorry, go on. Our listeners will get that. <laughs> um, as the camera
0: focuses in, you see the hulking remains of a lifeless, Bipedal monster, you were too late to save the town, but this Q won't be hurting anyone else. Just then, (laughs) your cell phone rings. (laughs) It's Slick and Sam from HQ calling in another sighting. Slick and Sam. They give coordinates, and they don't need to give details. The story is always the same. It's another Q sighting, and Coily and I, we need to handle it. It's unknown if we'll be fast enough to rescue any survivors but one thing's for sure. We must kill the Q-Bert before it's too late. <laughs> <laughs> so to, to give you this picture, so you control the protagonist. His name is Quentin Bertram, a retired Navy SEAL on a mission to eradicate the Qs, or at least that's what you call them after they attacked your town of Quark years ago. <laughs> it was then that this house-sized... Uh, orange biped took everything from you uh it it killed you know your wife killed your your you had a family because that's the way this goes um and then that was when you teamed up with ug industries main r&d officers slick and sam to hunt the cues down
3: like, Ugg, in, Ugg Industries of, like, the boots? The boots. With, yes, with the fur. It's spelled the same way.
2: All right, we've had snakes and boots. We're halfway yeah. there. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: Just put them together.
0: <laughs> so, so you were hired by Ugg Industries, and you work with their main uh, research and development officers, Slick and Sam. Um, and you are also followed by this pet anaconda that you found after the first Q sighting. His name is Coily. So Quentin receives calls from Slick and Sam about Q sightings and hopes to find the alpha codenamed Q-Bert and end the nightmare plaguing our land once and for all. <laughs> the, 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 the title that comes in, it just says Qbert, And the tagline that we're selling it with is two legs, no survivors.
2: <laughs> oh, boy. So oh, I've good. done a lot with very little today. So get ready. So wait, Todd, have you played Qbert before? Yes. Okay, so you know that Hubert is normally the protagonist. Oh, I'm very well aware. After a full like nine hours
0: in Portland, telling people that I think Hubert could be an Eldritch Horror, a cryptid <laughs> from the wilderness, and we need to stop it, and being filled with too much caffeine, that was like my weird energy of Portland, and I'm bringing it here because I think that's it's too good.
3: Did you overcaffeinate today to, to get in the same mind space? Did I have what? Did you overcaffeinate today to get into the same mind space, Todd? That's the secret, Kyle. I'm always overcaffeinated. Stop. Stop. We
1: were we were three steps away from Charlie,
0: Kelly, Pepe, Sylvia. <laughs> <like, laughs> you got Cubert! You got another guy. You got another! <laughs> yeah. It was it was that. So yes, I'm very aware that the I guess like the boundary pushing three-dimensional game <laughs> of Kubert where you hop on the colors and that's how you complete it is not what i'm giving you it's very different but i think this is this is what 2019 needs outer worlds Pah. more like get out of worlds we got cuber
2: <laughs> <laughs> i'm not not gonna justify
3: that that's probably the best marketing tagline does the main <laughs> gameplay still involve turning areas of like areas of space from one color to another color is that how no, you No we, we just we just
0: ripped the skin off of what the Cubert game was. We took like the characters and said we we can't do it wasn't going to be <laughs> None like of turn-based. The game. Turn... It all wasn't going to be turn-based combat. We're not doing but that. But there's
1: no, but let me... can I jump in here Todd cuz I have a really good idea? There's there's a little easter egg when uh when you go to the multiplayer conquest menu, yes. <laughs> every time you take an enemy base, you change your color. Yeah. That's and then fair. You just go down. You just go down the pyramid Done. of the bases. Yeah,
0: that's fine. And, it, and I don't. The only reason I think I would have strayed against that idea is because that reminds me too much of um the oh shoot what was the Lord of the Rings game where you uh Shadow of War Shadows, of Shadows of Shadow of yeah of yeah War. the most recent one um where you had to like control all the different bases and it got really grindy and that makes yeah, that's me where, hate everything. that's where my brain went. So yeah, take the good parts of
2: that. Yeah. All right. Um great. I like that your Qbert game is as related to Qbert as the Battleship movie was related to Battleship. Um, yep. I like that. Uh let's get
3: the other Liam battles- Neeson didn't say you sunk my
2: battleship and I will <laughs> never forgive
3: the makers of that movie for that egregious <laughs> oversight. There's literally one reason to make a battleship movie and it's that. Alright, yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> let's uh let's go ahead and get the other half of the weird Portland energy in this answer. Andrew, go ahead.
1: Weird Portland energy. Okay, <clears throat> I gotta do a bit first. Of course you do. The year is 21XX.
2: There it nice. is.
1: Humanity is on the brink of extinction. As it does. A few, few of us who survived the surfacing were driven underground, <laughs> forced to live like rats in glorified tunnels. There is no government, no law, no order. All of us just do what we need to do to get by each day. It's been 40 years now since that day. And while the creatures above ground are our oppressors, it's the ones below who are the real monsters.
2: I really like 10 Cloverfield <laughs> Lane. It was a really good follow-up to Cloverfield. <laughs> I thought so,
1: too. All right, let me, uh, let me walk you through the overall plot. So you play as Suji Yamamoto, an orphan who grew up in one of the last remaining organized underground colonies called Hori City. Your whole life you lived in poverty. Hopeful that, you, hopeful that you will one day make your mark and live alongside those who rule the city. Among those is your childhood friend, Takata Hori, the son of Sushi, Susumu Hori, a.k.a. Mr. Driller, from the game Mr. Driller, and, <laughs> gra- and grandson of the hero, Taizo Hori. And as its name suggests, Taizo Hori founded the city after the fallout of the surfacing and established it as a safe haven. Does his name so suggest this-
2: that? Is that what his name yes. suggests? Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, as, as, as the name Hori City suggests. Okay. All right. I got it. I'm sorry. I missed that part of the world build. You, you, got, cool. you got caught on Taizo when
3: yep. it was Hori City you should have been focusing on.
1: In, in this lawless world, Hori City is one of the few places where the laws of the, world's, the old world still apply, although many have forgotten the ways of the past. So on his 18th birthday, Ding, uh, Suji is sent mm-hmm. on a routine scouting mission to raid a deserted raider camp to secure food and supplies. Uh, but we find very quickly the camp is not deserted and Suji is over, quickly overpowered by the raiders. He wakes up captive. The rest of the team, his team has abandoned him. But we find that these are not your typical raiders. Uh, they actually, well, Suji learns that the raiders are actually a team of freedom fighters who have organized together to fight back against the monsters. But as we learn more importantly, against Hori City. And because you see... Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you see, Taizo was not the hero that people make him out to be. The surfacing was not actually a random occurrence. The monsters surfaced and took over in retaliation of the
0: Dig Dug incident.
1: Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> more of this is in Dig Dug canon than I would like to admit.
0: <laughs> Dig Dug canon is best canon.
1: Yep. Uh, Hori caused an all-out war between humans and the then-peaceful monsters by committing near-mass genocide of the Puka and Figar races. That's the thing that happens. Let,
3: let us know when you're, when you're making new content and not, <laughs> not rehashing the Dig Dug lore, the deep Dig Dug Still lore.
1: Not. This is the first new piece of content.
3: Uh, it's revealed that you, Tsuji
1: Yamamoto, are actually the illegitimate child of Ataru Hori, Kaizo's estranged eldest son. So, will you trust these mysterious freedom, freedom fighters who seem to know everything about you, or will you pledge yourself to the Hori family and inherit your birthright? Introducing Doug the Collapse.
3: Man!
0: <laughs>
3: Good. Did you like that weird energy? I love it.
0: It's, it's some weird energy. It sure is. <laughs> I don't know what energy I thought I'd feel in this podcast, but I'm, I'm feeling I it. I made up, do you want to guess how many of those names I made up?
1: Is it less than 50%? I,
2: I want to I do this away and say take the over and over under three names.
1: I'm going to say none. I made up one of those names. Okay. I made up one of those names. Jesus. What was the one name that you made up? Uh, Suji Yamamoto, the main character. So Taizo, Taizo Hori is the main character of Dig Dug, apparently. <laughs> Who knew? <And laughs> Mr., Mr. Hori had three children, all of whom went to star in either versions of the Mr. Driller series. No. His three children are in the Mr. Driller series, and his uh, his now-divorced wife was in a separate Namco action game, <laughs> and the, the Namco wiki spe- specifically calls out that he was married for a brief time, quote-unquote. Wow. Oh.
3: Wow.
1: And they don't get into, like, what happened there, you know, but... There was some
2: there definitely some love lost. (laughs) Andrew is in the game, but it's (laughs) world building. But but there was an intern who was in the brainstorm meeting for this Namco cabinet, and he updated the wiki this year. He sure did. Um, (laughs) So I guess to break character for a second, uh, this is what we got from Portland. We asked the question, what retro video game would best be made into a gritty 2019 RPG? And Portland decided that the three best answers were Joust, Qbert. And dig dug. So that's what we're going on today. Um, and they were right.
3: Those they, were the three best Yeah, characters. let's yeah. get back clear. <laughs> They're
2: phenomenal <laughs> answers. I'm very happy with them. Um, also, as we have made clear in this podcast before, I write out all the questions and then I read them word for word before I hmm. look at the answers that you put in. That's my favorite because um, you're going to
0: tell us how good our plots are, aren't they? Well,
2: no. So this prompt is all right, I hear your plots. I want to be clear that I do not like them, but I oh, do yeah. hear them. And to be honest, I'm kind of into all three of these games right now. <laughs> like, I'm still on the train. Um, we did
0: a good guys. Yeah. I'm sure
1: we'll fuck
3: it up essentially
0: yeah point. We, we can still trip before the finish line it's
3: It's yeah. always after the second question that we we fall apart and go to I haven't complete. read my
2: script yet, so oh Jesus, boy, yeah uh, well, and it is always true that I like the storyline of RPGs more than I like about anything else with RPGs. so um now go ahead, I've heard the plots tell me what mechanics make this game an RPG. How are you going to take a game with two buttons and map it onto a modern day controller? And how are you going to beef up the play of this game to keep the gamers entertained? Uh, whether it's crafting, whether it's turn-based combat, whether it's inventory management, tell me how you are RPG-ifying your cabinet. Kyle.
3: All right. So our Joust RPG is going to be a, um, A real-time sword, shield, projectile, magic-based combat similar to your um, your Skyrim's and and other such, your Fables and other such games. Um, However, the twist or the key mechanic is that um, your fight advantages and disadvantages will be determined by the height and angle at which you attack your enemy as it was in the original, as it, as it was in the original joust. So the original joust like had a similar thing to, to like Mario, where if you like, if you rammed into enemies from on top of them, they died. And if they hit you on top, you died. So like, that's my, my other callback to the original game is like, you get an advantage if you are, attacking your enemy from above and they get an advantage if you're below and we're gonna there will be fun you play with play with that you have enemies that flip that where you only get the advantage if they attack below yada yada all that fun 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 crap so that's my fight mechanic is that it's the normal like hack and slash rpg except you've got to really use your your ostrich to to maneuver around your Um, enemies to get that right advantage on them it's over anakin i have the higher ground (laughs) yep you got it um so as you progress through the game you'll have to learn to master the jump crouch and flight capabilities of your ostrich mount to properly reach the weak points and protect yourself from your enemies Um, in addition as you progress you will find better weapons sturdier armor stronger wards and buffs Um, But the real decision making will be in filling out your ostrich mounts expansive skill tree. I want to make clear this is going to be an intense (laughs) strategic skill skill tree that you are. This is my favorite Final Fantasy game (laughs) filling out. You will craft your fighting style with skill paths like jump, speed, flight and beak. To build your squire into your own
2: unique knight. So I have a question. Um, Because all RPGs come with a character creator. Does the character creator give you the opportunity to like personalize your ostrich mount? Or is it just one ostrich mount that everybody plays on and you just create your character? I think it's not. You don't create your ostrich mount, but you can pick
3: from... The, the ostrich is available on the mountain when you climb it during the tutorial. So you'll get you'll get a few different base stats to choose from for your ostrich. But it's like
0: won't. it's like Red Dead Redemption. Yes, you get a, You get a horse and horses. Some horses just better than other horses.
1: Yes, Kyle. Kyle, important question. Im- important answer.
3: What do you name the ostrich? What do you name your ostrich? You can name your ostrich whatever you want. My personal ostrich is going to be um, Beak Lively. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. That's, that got
1: Todd pretty
0: well. That, that, was, that was really good. All I could think was, like, I think I would, like, what's a good pop culture? Maybe I just call it Polly Shore. Like, that's pretty good. And then, so my head is on, like, thinking about Polly Shore as it is. And for you to say Beak Lively, that's super good.
2: Oh, boy. All right. Um, good, Kyle. I, I don't hate that as much as I was afraid I would. Todd, go ahead. What, what do you got?
0: So the gameplay in, in my game, in, in this Q-Bert, <laughs> two legs, no survivors, um, <laughs> is that so? it's going to land somewhere between uh, this triangle of uh, Fable 2, uh, the newest God of War game, and then Shadow of the Colossus. Like Those are the three, the, the peanut butter and the jelly and the slices of bread that we're doing. And so I'm looking for big battles, dynamic settings, uh, fully immersive encounters with building-sized monsters with varying abilities, and you must always be careful to never be caught in their stomp zones. Because <laughs> aside, aside from each one of them having a different special ability to attack you with, they, they be stomping. And so... Can you not just avoid the
3: stump as you see the giant foot coming at you? Oh,
0: oh, you can, but I mean, there, some of these are like skyscraper-sized beings. Mm. I mean, that was the thing in Shadow of the Colossus. You could ride a horse and not get stepped on, but like you still got to worry about being stepped on. Gotcha. So for each Q that you kill, uh, each mission you complete, each innocent person you save, each side quest you complete, uh, or each collectible you find nets you bonus points to spend at the Q shop for upgrades. So you can upgrade your armor to increase your passive stats, you can upgrade your hunting knife and your gun for melee and range buffs accordingly, and, much like Kyle, you can finally, you can get upgrades for Coily for various support abilities (laughs) in his, you guessed it, expansive skill tree. Yeah! (laughs) So, and additionally, Q Blood and Flesh, they're they're harvestable materials and they're quite valuable. So... The three star upgrades that you need to complete your full set of gear for the end game, they come from boss drops. So that encourages you to uh, rerun the levels in themed instances at higher difficulties because the gear grind portion has to be there because it's what the gamers crave.
1: Hey, Todd, I have an important question. Yes. Are these drops random?
0: Uh, yeah, they are random drops. The better loot uh, to get the better loot, you have to play harder levels and time tri- time trial attack. So you can play through the whole game. Just yeah. much like what Shadow yes. of the Colossus did. You can go through and play it and love it. And then if you want the good stuff though, you gotta beat it on hard mode and you gotta beat it mm-hmm. fast.
2: I, I was so into the package you were selling me. I was there, I was, and then you just like it was like you're like, look at all this shit you enjoy. Get away from it. Go away. <laughs> and then you
3: and then you said random drops, and Matt's mind just went. I want to window.
0: make it clear that you can still beat the game and upgrade your stuff to you know incredible godlike abilities by just playing it but if you want like the super secret hidden gear you you have to you have to beat it on the hardest setting in the time trial that's just the way that it it's, is
1: it's the only way you can get a sparkly sword if yeah, I know where Matt's
3: coming from and I think I do it's just the, the mere idea that like just playing the game won't let him get all the goodies he's got a he's got to get good that keeps that keeps him from wanting to play it
0: listen what i don't what i what we won't have is day one dlc we're not doing that because that's for that's that's cheap (laughs) is there a
2: hundred dollar a year membership that i have to pay
0: absolutely not absolutely not everything (laughs) is free day one the only time we're ever getting involved again is going to be for seasonal instances that are that come free to the community and random patches when necessary
3: I want you to know, Matt. All my all my D- DLC is is fully fleshed out. Uh, new new content and storylines in in Joust.
2: It's it's really just that the words gear grind hit my tongue like vinegar. Like I just. I heard it, and I immediately <laughs> wanted to vomit. Just immediately. Okay, listen,
0: to play to play Majora's Mask, you didn't need to get all the masks to get the Fierce Deity Mask and just smoke all the bosses after drinking Lon Lon Milk and powering up your magic to the top, but you did it because it made you feel powerful. And if you were like me, you were overweight and didn't have friends. So... Yeah. That's. I'm just saying, there's a game to play, and then there's another layer of game that you you can didn't have play. to.
1: You didn't have to dodge 200 lightning bolts in Final Fantasy X to get the <laughs> ultimate weapon for Lulu that you never use because you never use Lulu. But I did it because of the reasons that Todd cited earlier. Because the sword looks cool. Because the sword <laughs> looks cool. I will
2: take this instant to remind the listening audience that I have not played Majora's Mask or Final Fantasy X. Uh, Andrew, go ahead. I was
3: pretty sure the Majora's Mask reference was going to fall on deaf ears for Matt. Yeah, it's <laughs> a so good, yeah. good job there,
2: Todd. It super did. Um, Andrew, go ahead. Tell me more about Doug. OK,
1: so I should preface this by saying I've been playing a lot of the Outer Worlds recently. So this this you're going to see the influences. Here. I was going
2: to say you're opening <laughs> with a, a civilization of freedom fighters and a city is already the first <laughs> hour of Outer Worlds. Mm-hmm. So here we are. That's
1: right.
0: That was just that was just Red Faction Guerrilla Warfare.
1: That's a good game. Hmm. <laughs> anyway, um, other other good games. Let's talk about Doug. Uh, so
2: Doug,
3: no Matt, we're gonna get copyright struck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We Nickelodeon's might. litigious lawyers will strike us down.
1: Doug Colon: The Collapse is a first-person shooter with RPG mechanics. Hell yeah, so like your Fallout's, your Outer Worlds, absolutely. Hell yes. But but instead of guns, you're gonna be armed with an arsenal of. Horiko Rapid Air Infuser Devices, or RAIDS.
2: Oh, baby, I love me a good acronym. God,
1: <laughs> Hell yeah. Upon contact, the RAID is designed to pacify any hostile with a quick series of pressurized bursts of air. <laughs> and, uh, with,
2: <laughs> why That's not? very good.
1: <laughs> Thank you. And, uh, and with the oxygen level low underground, each RAID unit is, is, was, has been modified to deliver a smaller controlled burst of pure oxygen to the user. Which can provide a much-needed second wind in combat. So this is your vats, basically. Good. So you're shooting. You're shooting with air, and then you you take a huff of oxygen, and time slows down. Nice. Uh, so going a little back to the plot, but this is how the plot kind of rolls into the mechanics. So Suji's role in this world is ultimately up to you, um, but it, regardless of what path you take, it will inevitably culminate in you leading an army up to the surface to fight back against your monster oppressors. So n- who you align with and who you place in power or eventually will place in power are all your decision. So obviously, exploration as an open world RPG is a key component. Most of what you're going to be doing is exploring the underground capital, capital T, capital U, a <laughs> complex se- series of yeah, fallout, fallout very heavy here. A, uh, a complex series of tunnels and caves leading to the numerous settlements and outposts scattered about. You're going to come, a, a, a come across a number of different factions, all with their own you know, colorful leaders and enigmatic presence, and you can choose to align with them or align against them. Um, but note that these factions are at war with each other, so it's up to you to convince everyone to either get along, uh, well, it's up to you to convince everyone to get along to some degree, uh, either through d- diplomacy or sheer force. So, since this is a post-apocalyptic wasteland, there's defo going to be crafting. Yay! <laughs> Yay! We love crafting. Uh, scavenging, what you find, and combining junk with other scraps of junk is the absolute key. Uh, and then there's going to be a point, so similar to Fallout, when you get your power armor, there's, a, there's the power armor moment when you make your first venture up to the surface. Another capital T, capital S. So that's... <laughs> <laughs> that's your that's your end game equipment, your power armor. All your best items are up by stealing stuff from the surface. So those are the those are the end the end bosses. The, the toughest enemies are going to be above the surface.
3: That's it. That's what I got. <laughs> um, how how expansive are your skill trees?
1: Um, this is a this is a Fallout type RPG, so it's going to be pretty uh, streamlined because we need to get people like Matt. You know, kind of oh, down the play yeah, because yeah. we're basically tricking him into playing an RPG without him knowing <laughs> it.
2: That's I think yeah. every RPG that I've played has done exactly that. So yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. This is great too because yeah. I really wanted to play the Outer Worlds, but I definitely wasn't going to buy a system to play it on. Uh, and now sure. I feel like I have, so that's awesome. It's the... on Switch. Is it on Switch?
3: It's
0: not Switch. Yeah, I don't think Outer is, Worlds yeah. is on Switch until 2020. Yeah, yeah I don't okay. think so.
3: I, was gonna, I, I just looked it up because I want to play it and I, mm-hmm. it, I saw switch in the list. It's, and- it's very, very
1: good. Um, one, one kind of delineation, excuse me, that I took and we might get there later, so I won't reveal it yet. But um, what some, one of the things that I was thinking was there's always like a zombie level in fallout. <laughs> so I <laughs> thought of a way, like, I think I thought it'd be cool with the, with the little raid, like the air pump to be in like a stealth zombie mission where you're like, think about like your, your, underground you're in like dimly lit areas it's kind of like doom three where you're like only lit by a flashlight or like a single source of light and yeah. there's all these like zombies popping up and you have to pop them pump them through a pool of air to blow them up
3: which is such an <laughs> archaic way which of killing so anything
1: so <laughs> we can't have guns underground guns might lead to a cave-in of all these this these uh systematically makes sense. carved out makes tunnels sense.
2: yeah yeah
1: which is something i just
3: made up right now
0: why not use the weaponized bike pump
3: weaponized yeah. air won't won't lead to a cave in at all it's fine it's completely it's different. different
0: I know yep. this isn't what you're going for Andrew but I keep thinking of those uh, they were popular when we were in high school those air guns those air zukas. it <laughs> was like the big plastic <laughs> thing yeah. with the handle and you'd pull back and it'd
2: go thunk
0: and it would shoot yeah. just like a small blast of air your
3: friend would fart in it and then you'd shoot the fire <laughs> <in> yeah.
0: <laughs> no my friends and I never really weaponized farts but there you go
1: that's your rocket launcher
0: <laughs> oh it boy makes that stupid
2: noise yeah. <laughs> this whole question just brought me back to our stream where every 15 minutes in ultimate alliance i would have to get up and walk away while you guys menued for 20 minutes oh my god <laughs> 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 like, that's there's so much about rpgs that i hate and menuing is one of those things and every time i hear skill tree i just think of looking at a menu for half an hour
0: uh, can i say this at least about skill trees like It at least is a thing that you choose like, oh, this is going to add to my attack. Got it. That's good. I'd spent the points. I'm done. I'm out. Whereas all the other shit we played in, you know, menus, Marvel edition was more of like (laughs) much more grindy.
1: That was so rote. I I, I'm going to I'll defend I'll spend five seconds to defend Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. It is way better on solo run. Like we've kind of been talking off mic, which is a crime, which is a crime because that game should be good. Multiplayer. But the the menuing is the skill tree stuff is awful. Like it's just it's just like you get how many levels you put the ball in the basket. Like it's just so rote. It sucks. Mm, yeah, it super sucks.
2: All right. Well, anyway. that part of the discussion was for daddy. Uh, moving <laughs> back to the content of this episode, the guys upstairs want to know how this is all going to play out. They're afraid to fund this project without seeing some sort of plot play out in the end. Describe the final cutscene of this game to me. What's the twist ending that we definitely didn't see coming 75 hours ago? And how does our hero complete their journey? If you weren't sure, this is the power of friendship question. Kyle, uh-huh. go ahead. <laughs> um, 75 hours. More
3: like 275 yeah, gig- oh, hours. Oh, I hate Good. it. Oh, I hate it. <laughs> you know how many,
0: how many dimensions there can be to jousting? ostriches matt gotta at least two
3: so many i really hate it
1: well we haven't we haven't taken into account all the ostrich racing which is a fun side mini game that's gonna add another 100 hours to the mix
3: yep that's the only that's the only way to get the ultimate weapon is winning 500 ostrich ostrich (laughs) races in a
2: row that's the heartstone Uh, of joust like there is joust and then there is ostrich racing the game that lives within joust
3: i i think so a, a, another tangent before I get dive in. Um, son, Spyro 3 had this weird, like, skateboarding mini game. Oh, it did. Yeah. It was awful. Oh, I play, I think I spent more hours in that mini game than I did on the rest of the game in Spyro. Um, oh, that's funny. but, um, all right. So, my final, my final cutscene you've made it, you've ascended Mount Talon and made it to the great pterodactyl's lair, ready to avenge your father. You draw your father's lance, square up on your ostrich mount, and prepare for battle. The beast lets out a bone-shaking screech, but does not attack. You stand ready and confused when you see an imposing figure walk out from behind the pterodactyl. Through the fog, you start to make out details. Heavy ornate armor a commanding posture gained from countless victories and the seal of the King's army. It's your father still alive. (gasps) Mm. He tells you what happened. He stages. He staged his death with his actual Mount, the Pterodactyl Lord. So he could retreat to the mountains to plot his usurping of the King and rule the realm with the might of the, the Pterodactyl flock.
2: Wait, I thought your father was the King.
3: No, he was a, a general in the king's army. Okay, cool. So he he offers you your position back as his squire, um offering you the chance to rule the realm terrifyingly as father and son. Without saying a word, you mount your ostrich companion, raise your father's lance ag- and, and raise your father's lance against him. He bows his head. Whispers, I had hoped it wouldn't come to this, but no one can stand in my way. He mounts his pterodactyl, draws his new terrifying lance against you, and lunges to strike. The final battle has begun.
1: There's definitely lightning in the background. Oh, Oh, yeah.
3: Lightning, lava, fire. (laughs) It's all there. It's just everything. It's raining.
2: It's yeah it's terrible it's, a, it's raining it's a, it's a michael
3: bay fight scene
2: yes <laughs> kyle important question okay do i have the option to join my father and just term like terminate the game and get a bad ending no
3: this is a this is a non-reactionary cutscene. scene okay. so this is all yeah. choreographed yes
2: hmm. Hmm. okay all right, that, that seems like a perfect place to put one of those questions where, like, why would I say no? If I say no, does it end the game? Can I end the game here? And then you accidentally end your game. You're like, oh, all right. I love when games do that. Yeah. When you've spent 200 hours in the game
3: and then just don't get a satisfying ending because you picked the wrong thing like a dummy. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what we want here. Not <laughs> not the, the culmination of all, of all your skills into this final challenging fight. You got to do it for
1: that Chivo, baby. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, you just got to make a save
0: before that point. Like, that's when I played Fallout 4. I had my, I haven't pissed mm-hmm. off any of the factions yet save. So I could always, like, <laughs> go back and see what yeah. the other factions had to do.
2: Yeah.
1: That's your, that's your pre-murder save.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, now I'm going to go, like, build an army of robots and kill everyone. Now I'm going to go help the, you know, the railroad. I'm going to go do whatever.
2: All right, cool. Well, that's a that's an epic cutscene. I like it. I like the fire and the lava and the lightning and the such. Um, also, dads on pterodactyls. Um, cool indie band. Todd, that's go ahead. A-
0: <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a group of. Like on a, okay, like boomer
3: dads that ride yeah. their
0: bikes around town. They call themselves dads on pterodactyls,
3: <laughs> but they're really they're really chill. Like they're they're into the whole like biker aesthetic, but they just go to like Chili's and and on, on like a Saturday afternoon. I kind of want to hang out with the dads on pterodactyls. Honestly, it's the sequel
2: to that Road Hogs movie with John Travolta and oh. those other guys on motorcycles. Wh- wild um, Hogs. Wild Hogs. Yeah. That's what yeah. it was.
0: Not better, but yeah. <laughs> All right, um, Todd. Okay, Matt. I got I got something for you. So, so you've slaughtered dozens of Qs. That includes Qbot, QT, Q-Zard, and honestly, even the fabled and surprisingly passive Qunicorn. <laughs> and finally, you are facing down the Alpha Hubert, the one that took your family from you. Just as you slice the large neck gullet belly Ew. area thing of this Q <laughs> Sending it back to the nightmarish hell it came from. Something catches your eye. On the back of the Q-Bert's right leg, you see a branded mark. The mark is faded, but it's legible. It says, UGG Industries. <gasps> no. UG Industries, Quentin says out loud. He dials into Slick and Sam at HQ. But before he can ask more questions, Slick sounds off in the phone saying, Now, Coily! As your beloved pet snake strikes you from behind. Oh, no. You fend off coily and ultimately strangle the life from the snake. (laughs) But now you know the truth. Ugg Industries are behind the creation of the Qs and we're having you clean up their messes. They took your family. They set you up with a best friend turned double agent snake and then used you to clean up their corporate science experiment messes. Leaving (laughs) innocent, scared Qs dead in your wake. You are nothing more than a pawn in their game. Now you're going to take the fight to UG Industries to add just a few more bodies to the count. You have been the two-legged monster all along. Now there will really be no survivors.
2: Okay, uh, Todd, important question for you. Yes. All of the buffs that you add to Coily throughout the game... Does he have those buffs in the final fight against you? Yes. Okay, cool. Absolutely. And, it's, and it, is, <laughs> it's awesome.
0: it, it is in that moment that you say that same shit to yourself out loud. <laughs> <laughs> there was a game called Eternal Sonata, um, which, like, you basically, like, spoiler alert if you haven't played this game from, like, 2008. Um, in the end, one of the characters ends up being, like, the big bad. And I, I don't think it works that way because we never leveled that guy. But in the <laughs> end, he's very powerful. And all I could think is like, wow, what if I like really buffed that guy? Like, how bad would this fight have been? Well, this is that fight. This is <laughs> Giant, giant purple anaconda coily is coming after you. Um,
1: I have a question. Yes, okay. everyone. You, you and said, then I'm going to so
0: unpack some of these characters so you get what why
3: they're yeah, here. So
1: what was the dark science that uh, UGG Co. was
0: doing? Plot. They were trying to make boots. Got it. It's
3: plot. Like the perfect boot. it's <laughs> plot. boots.
0: Plot. Plot was the, <laughs> the the plot was the dark science. I don't know. Sure. Genome <laughs> experiment. Human. Yeah. Human instrumentality. I there was it. gonna say. Yeah. yeah human instrumentality. instrumentality. Yeah. There it is. The power of friendship. Um, Kyle, you had some questions.
3: Well, I I had two two questions, uh, two cues, if you will. Stop uh, it! I won't stop ah.
2: it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but we we hit on one with uh, how are you aware of how strongly you're ripping off neon Genesis, even? Galen? <laughs> um, but, uh, two, when you, when you strangle coily, are, is it going to like, Use that vi- that rumble feature on the controller so you really yes. feel the life leave his so, body.
0: So you're playing this on Switch, and you're encouraged to undock. Uh, um, <laughs> you're encouraged <laughs> to undock your, your joy cons. <laughs> yeah. And so, so when you, so you're do, and, and they they tease you into that by teaching you quick time movements every now and yes. again, like not a lot, but enough to like keep you engaged until this moment that you strike down Coily. And yeah, and then you have to hold them. You have to hold them together like you're strangling the snake. Um, and it, it's and it uh, uses
3: the the motion plus or whatever yeah, it's called. So you it really... vibrates.
0: It vibrates while the pulse is leaking out of your your favorite <laughs> snake. Um, so on a very different note, so there was uh, there was a Cubert like Deluxe or, or reboot that came out for PlayStation. Was there really? And that is
3: when,
0: yeah, wow. and that is when they. They released all the extra like skins for Qbert, which was a Qbot, a QT, a QZard, which is a wizard, and then a unicorn. Like those were all like characters. Okay. Um, Ugg is one of the bad guys in Hubert. Um, there's Ugg, and then the other one is called
3: Wrong Way. So couldn't really like you fit didn't really- want to name you didn't want to name your evil co- your not evil company wrong way <laughs> yeah I
0: figured that's that's not yeah. that you know that wasn't A little subtle enough and then Slick and Sam were two green flame sludge like things that kind of like got in the way they were bad things you weren't supposed to touch the the big call so Coily your pet snake that follows you. Coily was literally this bouncing purple snake that would follow you. Yeah, it was always trying to like be like two steps behind you and try to cut you off. It was the, mm-hmm. it was really the only pressing bad thing that you had to worry about when playing Qbert. <laughs> yeah. Everything else, I think, had a pattern. Coily was just always following you wherever you went. Gotcha.
1: I think um, there was a lot of interesting takes on the Hubert. None, none as as good as the we must hunt the Hubert down. <laughs> but if there's one thing that everybody could agree on, it was that everybody fucking hates the game, Qbert.
0: <laughs> yeah. Not one person was like, oh, I have fun. I think there's some people yeah. that are like, oh, yeah, I remember Qbert jar. Like they'd put the counter in the other jar. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. A lot of people would just be like,
0: ugh. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the final cinematic is that. But then you do get the, the last level is like you're taking down the Ugg Industries. We're not doing like a Halo 2 finish the fight is Halo 3 bullshit. We're not doing that.
3: Can there be a post-credits scene where you find out it wasn't actually the coily you spent the whole game with that you strangled, <laughs> but an imposter, and the coily you came to know and love is still alive? And is better. Trying, yeah, I think You so. can play it's, with him in the in the post-game still? Not,
0: not to keep stealing things now from Fable 2, but yeah, like you... You're, spoiler alert for Fable 2, if you haven't played it, your dog dies, um, and you oh, can... Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Well, now I won't play it. It's <laughs> tough, but you can bring it back. It's actually really bad that... You get one of three endings. You can either, like, get money, which is useless in the game of Fable. Um, You can either do that, that, which is, like, the bad ending. You can make the wish where you bring, like, all these people back that have died, which is supposed to be the good ending. Or you can bring your dog back to life. So, like, <laughs> your choice is, like, bringing... Thousands and thousands of people back to life, or you get your dog. The obvious choice is your dog. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, and if you do, it's the only
1: one with gameplay mechanics that are attached to it.
0: If you do the, if you do the people one, what happens is there's like a hundred percent, like swear to God, there's just more people in the town. That's all that happens. (laughs) And so, if you do that as like the good ending, then they did release DLC where you could use some sort of dark magic to get your dog back because I think enough people complained that they're like, hey. I want
2: Fuck the good you. ending and my, my dog. dog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh boy! All right. Well, that was a weird little tangent that we went on into spoilerville. Uh, Andrew, finish off Dig Dug for me.
1: All right, Matt. You saved the local towns from the cutthroat raiders. You've befriended or murdered each major faction who is vying for control, and now it's time to amass your forces to take back the surface. So you give a very inspirational or terrifying speech to rally the troops. And you work alongside your commanding officers to lay out the strategy. You place the right talent to the right task. I, uh, I took a couple of liberties and, and made up a couple of the factions. So you put the, <laughs> the tech-savvy... <laughs> get ready for it. You put the tech-savvy Astro Nef Collective, who are a bunch of tech nerds that are obsessed with steampunk, <laughs> uh, to deactivate the enemy's defenses, while you have the Garrison which is a military organization made up of only men named Gary. <laughs> uh,
2: that's a weird pull.
1: <laughs> take the front line. Good. Uh, your army is succeeding on all fronts. You've taken back a major encampment, and you've driven their leaders back to the primary base. As you take your final assault, you are welcomed by, their mo- by the monster leader, who is your father, Ataru Ori. <gasps> oh! oh! well. remember,
0: remember how I said betrayal is the through line? That's the three right. Space? That's right. That's the free space.
1: Uh, Ataru tells you that he led the incursion against humankind because he saw firsthand the seeds of chaos that his father had sown in his youth. And as, as one of the driller sons, which is a term that I just made up now because I have no other better <laughs> way to refer to them as, uh, he had long ago made peace with the monsters and vowed to help them get revenge against his father. He says once he can rid the world of Taizo's followers and of Hori city, humankind and monster. monsterdom monster kind can can finally live in peace so matt will you join your father in rebuilding a new world where monster and human live a song live alongside each other or will you make their kind extinct and put a new faction in power
2: oh sweet i get a choice yeah that's that's what this is all about oh man so this is like it's it's what i've been working the whole game towards or turn heel (laughs) and go for world peace Exactly, that,
1: which is how every one of these games end.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I haven't played enough RPGs to know what the good answer is, but World Peace sounds fun. What if I join my father?
1: <laughs> uh, then you get some to milk toast ending where human and monsters live together, and the sky is blue instead of green or red. That was a Mass Effect three end. I
3: was gonna, I was gonna say uh, this feels like Mass Effect three. Feels yeah. like Andrew's working through some hostility from the ending of Mass Effect 3 still. I put
0: in so much time. This is almost a, a Knights of the Old Republic moment where it's like, oh, yeah. well, I guess you can be evil now, and I guess you gotta do evil shit. You're gonna have the... You're gonna make the Wookiee kill its friend. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> then Caden is just gonna leave because he's a baby. It's Carth.
1: It's Karr. my oh, bad. He's Kaden. Well, he's the same actor as Caden in Mass Effect. It's the yeah, same Yeah, they character. were the same character, so... Yeah. <laughs> They were you were you, you, you make Karth run into the woods and abandon him on this, on this hostile
2: planet. We have done okay. so many episodes that revolve around this idea of like, hey, Matt hates RPGs. Let's make him judge an RPG episode. And I've never felt as outside of the group as I have in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> like, in that moment, the, there has been a phenomenal amount of references that have, I've just not gotten. Um, and I, I feel weird. I don't really like it. It's, it's kind of a not great feeling to
3: to help you out Matt I haven't played Mass Effect or Knights of the Old Republic either. I've played really? Knights of the Old Republic but only briefly. Um I can't ever bring myself to get past like the tutorial stage before I get You'll
1: over. never play it cuz it's so
3: outdated at this point. It, yeah. Um mm-hmm. but so I'm I'm with you. I'm equally lost and confused. I know the I just know the ending of Mass Effect 3 was a mass,
2: massive disappointment for everyone uh. involved. We could do a whole episode about how angry it massively I was. affected me. Shut up. All right. Shut up. Well, I'm, Shut up. I want to get back on this podcast because I feel left out. So uh, let's move on to the super secret bonus question. OK, so um, we the royal we as in me and the fictional guys upstairs decided that we didn't trust you to produce this game alone. So we've decided to make this a Kingdom Hearts and ramjam some pre-existing RPG characters into your story. Hell yeah! <laughs> what production company will you team with and how will their assets fit into your story? I will take your answers right after this.
1: Are you tired of the domestic discussions of the more... pedestrian podcasts? Looking for a more enlightened way to talk about video games then look no further than left trigger right trigger the video game book club where four hosts discuss the more
2: sophisticated issues in games topics include body parts zelda the division. Hyperlight Tokyo Drifter. Good vibes.
0: Time Machine. Doing the gab, biscuit faces.
2: Being terrible.
0: Muzipan sex
3: dance. The faces are terrible.
1: When the mouse is away. When the cat's a mouse.
0: I can't tell white people apart. My body is going to dissolve. I'm
2: playing wine. The is just a womb. Man, this game's got hot orcs. <laughs> Left trigger, right trigger,
1: your video game book club. Wow, that was what? really disappointing.
2: All right, and we are back. Uh, friendly reminder that the super secret bonus this week is make it a Kingdom Hearts. Ram jam somebody else's RPG elements into your new game. Uh, and who are you? Who are you sticking in there? Kyle, go ahead. All right, so
3: you are—you've—you've you've just lost, watched your father get carried off by a giant pterodactyl, believing him to be dead. Um, you're beginning your squire's uh, journey to avenge your fallen knight, and you—you um, you head out on the road, and you get to the, get to the first town outside your village, and um, they recommend you check out this this ancient school. Um, there's a school nearby. They teach magic. They house mythical creatures of all types. Um, and they think it they just the, the people you talk to really think it would help you on your journey to avenge your father and um, slay this giant pterodactyl. So you go check it out. You, you head out that way. You check it out and you come. You wander through the woods, um, what is through what is called the Forbidden Forest, and you come out on the other side to um, Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. (laughs) And while you are too old to enroll as a student at 16, um, the the groundskeeper takes you under his wing and uh, shows you all the mythical creatures under his care, helps you train your ostrich mount, which you um, find is actually not just an ostrich, but some Harry Potter version of an ostrich now. And that's that's going to be your your kind of home base for all your ostrich base upgrades for the rest of the game is you're going to check back in at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. And that's where you're going to do all your upgrading for the rest of the game.
2: Um, I mean, that's that's cool. And I like it. And I played the, the Harry Potter RPGs. But like y- you start at Hogwarts when you're 11, Kyle. Um, yeah,
3: that's why I said you're not a student and you're just taken under the wing of this guy because. You've gotta go avenge your father.
2: You said you were too young to enroll as a student at sixteen.
3: I meant too I meant too old, Matt. Okay, just, all
2: right. Shut up. Got you it. know what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> fine. Got it. Todd, go ahead. Sure.
0: So I'll I'll just answer kind of the question straightforward and then paint the picture afterwards. So um we will be partnering with Capcom because Capcom makes good games and they've got a pretty, pretty good that's that's the most plain sentence you can make on a video (laughs) game podcast um so some of the things that that we're kind of drawing some inspiration from so uh you know capcom made dead rising okami monster hunter which obviously has some pretty good parallels here devil may cry and marvel versus capcom games and so capcom will be adding uh obviously their ability to create these like scrawling uh you know landscapes and, and dazzling effects but they are going to cram in the demon king boss of Devil May Cry, uh, four. I think it was Yurizen. Maybe that was it. Um, it's a big old demon monster, and he'll be playing the role of the the head of UG Industries because in well because, because your in, metaphor
3: for capitalism can't be too on the nose.
0: <laughs> well, that gum, but but also because UG in. Hubert was this, like, flying little demon thing. So it just kind of feels right that the demon in the chair is a literal demon. Um, Furthermore, to really drive it up and and to take a page out of Kingdom Hearts, uh, Quentin Bertram will be finding an ally with the one and only Frank Castle, the Punisher, because since Capcom made Marvel vs. Capcom, they also have the rights to the Punisher in this scenario that we have put together. (laughs) So...
3: I feel like Mega Man would have been such a better pool. No, I want I want angry vengeance, dad. That's
0: what the story (laughs) is. And that's angry vengeance, dad. I disagree. Agree to disagree. You don't have to agree. You can be wrong. When in in Rome. These are these are a couple. (laughs) (laughs) These are whatever we called it. The 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 flying pterodactyl dads like just out there, (laughs) out there for vengeance. Angry. That's
1: angry. Dad vengeance. Yours is angry. Vengeance, dad.
0: They are angry vengeance dads. Yes.
2: I regret asking this question. Um, you should. <laughs> Andrew, go ahead. Do it to me.
1: Well, so unfortunately, we blew our budget hiring Leonardo DiCaprio to voice Ataru Hori for those last five minutes. <laughs> of course
2: you did. Um,
1: of course we did. Uh, as these Oblivion games tend to go. So uh, because this is a Namco property, we're going to stick within the Namco f- family and pull the only the only more popular uh, property known to Namco other than Dig Dug, and he's going to appear in one of the earlier missions. So uh, once we we once we've made our made our pact made our pact with our, our chosen faction, uh, we get approached by a man wearing a uh, yellow jumpsuit, and he he asks he asks you to, to help him uh, save his town from being haunted by ghosts or being being terrorized by ghosts. Uh, he did. He introduces himself as Pack. So you have to go on a journey with Pack,
2: man. Oh boy! Okay. I was hoping I was hoping
3: you you came up with an acronym for Pack. No. But when you start when you started that, I was like, "All right, it's Pac Man." What's he gonna do with it? And there was no acronym, so I'm, I'm a little disappointed. Uh, Patrick, not as is, disappointed as Todd choosing the Punisher, not a Capcom property. His his I full mean, name
1: is Patrick
3: A. Chesterfield. There it is. Thank you. That's he, all I need. His friends You're call welcome.
2: him Pack because he hates himself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I I just liked the Pack, comma man. <laughs> that was very good. All right. Well, um, I have decisions to make and and things to ponder. So um, why don't you guys wrap this up? Give me a closing statement. Um, so, so I have one last sentence to think about. Kyle, go for it.
3: Um, open world fantasy action platformer where you ride an ostrich and fight pterodactyls. Tight, uh, Todd.
0: (laughs) Scale the house-sized monster to avenge your family to use haptic feedback to strangle a snake.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Andrew.
1: Navigate through dimly lit caverns, blowing up zombies as they try to attack you.
2: All right. Um, I like <laughs> those taglines. Those are all very good taglines. I'm going to go consider those taglines while you guys give some good vibes.
3: Um, I'll start because I'm first. Uh, Todd, <laughs> I, very much, I very much like the Qbert as an eldritch monstrosity. I like the uh, Shadows of Colossus kind of angle to it. That's all very good. Um, And Andrew, I very much enjoy the weird post-apocalyptic tunnel world you created. So Dig Dig Dug can make sense (laughs) as Uh. as not just a a silly early video game, but a real um, IP that has a story (laughs) and (laughs) characters. um, I liked both of I liked both of your games and I look forward to playing them at some point is what I'm saying.
0: Kyle, when I heard you were doing Joust, all I could think about was some sort of um, like Mad Max style world where they have to fight from the back (laughs) of ostriches. Um, And so I was glad yours was like a good bit more civilized than that with like, I don't know, a society and like a kingdom (laughs) and not just for some reason not, we've not devolved the third
3: post-apocalyptic game yeah. in this episode
0: <laughs> well, Yeah, it, because in my head the the natural conclusion was for some reason we've devolved to just riding ostriches
3: i guess um but no yours was very very good and we've I, run I, out I, of gasoline I, I, so the yeah, only option ostriches. for transportation is ostriches um
0: andrew i really really liked yours i could have taken more time hearing more about the science of blowing up things with air but uh, also, also, I don't want that because I think that's how it goes when we talk about the hook shot and how it works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we spit in the eye of God when we ask those questions.
3: There are four hundred and thirty eight journals that you can find <laughs> throughout <laughs> the game that will tell you the exact science of how the air gun works and how it kills enemies. What? OK, and If you find so- them all. You get a better you get a golden air gun that doesn't give you any improvements, but it's gold.
0: But it's it's just what you can take a picture of and post it for people to see. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's because one guy at the studio was like, Hey, 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 look what I did.
0: <laughs> I, yeah, one well no, one person was like, Hey, if we add in this one feature where we give them a gold skin, that's gonna increase playability by like three thousand percent for like twenty people.
1: That's accurate.
0: But yeah, those uh, they're both very good. Um there aren't many times we get to the finish line and I feel good about everything we did today, and this is that yeah, one time, one
1: yeah this this was a very this was a very fun show until it was I, I, I enjoyed this incredibly. Um, so we talked a little bit about the show, but I wanted to cover off quickly on some of the audience reception. So I think, um, generally speaking, Dig Dug was the favorite. I don't mm-hmm. think there was any question there. Uh, a lot of people really gravitated toward like exploring exploring. Sorry if I'm stepping on your toes at all, Matt, but a lot of people took to exploring underground. Um, yeah, that was like a pretty easy. Um, my personal favorite and both and Todd and I pushed very, very hard for QBert because <laughs> and that was kind of how we like got a lot of people on board with the idea of the show was the idea that QBert is a menace and must be stopped. <laughs> um there was one thing I was hoping you you kept saying at the show, which I was hoping would come out today, was uh uh your your impression of the guy who's like takes two puffs of a cigarette
0: <laughs> <It's, laughs> eyes sunken Q- it in it's the cubert again it's always the cubert
1: so <laughs> <Okay. laughs> good um the other side of the fence uh i'll tell you what was a hard sell was joust yeah joust joust didn't have a lot of love it had more love than duck hunt but it didn't yeah. have a lot of love
0: well, I think I think the thing with joust is people thought about like either they weren't very familiar with it. But then once they thought about it, they're like, oh, what do you do? And I was like, wait a second. Yeah, you're <laughs> telling me you can't make a video game out of literal people jousting from the back of ostriches like you wouldn't play that redone.
1: It's definitely not as iconic as Cubert and Dig Dug. Yeah, but I think I don't think anybody took it in the direction that you did, Kyle. And I yeah. think if they heard that it would have changed the conversation. Because, like I said, that was my favorite version of Dragon Quest. That could actually get me to play Dragon Quest. (laughs) So, yeah, awesome job for 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 all of us. But but for both of you, that was really fun.
2: Thank you. Yeah, um, I'll jump in here at the end of Good Vibes and say if there is one thing that this episode has taught me, it is that if you have played enough RPGs, you need absolutely nothing to write your own RPG. Uh, Because (laughs) we took three games with no elements of RPGs. And you guys created three games that I would very much like to watch someone else play on the Internet. I would never play these games, (laughs) but I'd watch them. A common pastime
3: in the Harper household was Derek and I just like bouncing ideas off each other on like what the next Pokemon game should have that it doesn't. and, And like doing that with just all the RPGs and games we've played. So this isn't untread territory for me. It's a lot of fun because you all, everyone, everyone who l- plays RPGs also hates the the RPG they're playing and wants to fix it in so many ways. Mm-hmm. And that's what yeah. we all did.
2: Yeah, um, I very much liked all these games. I, I thought all of your ideas were very good, which is super not what I'm used to, uh, which is, <laughs> you know, a nice breath of fresh air from this podcast. So I enjoyed that a lot. Um, unfortunately, I do have to make a decision. So we'll start from the bottom. Um Todd, you're out. Sorry. Well, um, I I'm gonna I'm gonna give it on one thing and one thing alone is that you stuck to your original game less than Andrew and Kyle, and for that reason, I had to pick an arbitrary thing to eliminate you for, and that was it. Um, That's fair. Also, I hated your play style the most. You, your your oh. answer <laughs> to questions made me angrier Sims. than
0: everybody right, else's. <laughs> seems a little personal that you couldn't have stopped at one but all right nope. you know you
1: should give him put add in more menuing that should help yeah
0: you know what yeah we're gonna have a menu system but it's like you to leave the menu you you to approve your changes you have to press b Stop
3: in this menu. Back. you start by going to a menu to pick what menu you want to go to
2: mm-hmm.
3: and and it's just menus yeah. all the way down
2: i am actually oh that's the new john green book right Um, I am actually sick. And it was the word menuing and the word gear grinding that did it to me. Um, That's fair. So that leaves me with Andrew and Kyle and hot damn. I really like both of those games. I really like both of those games a lot. Um, Yeah, you do. Yeah. uh, Andrew's Dig Dug set in a Fallout universe. Very, very good. Um, Really enjoy it. I like all of the subtle nods to the, to the original game. I like all of the deep lore that you pulled. I felt very good about that. Very weird, but very good. I was today's Matt. You were. You pulled <laughs> me, and I liked that. Um, and Kyle, man, way to take Joust and just just make it an RPG. You just did a really good job with today. Um, I have a lot of fondness for Joust because it's one of my favorite arcade cabinets, Uh, also it has a really big part in the book of ready player one, which is one of the Mm. like four books that I've read in my life. So, um, yeah, to make a decision is really hard and I'm going to make this decision on the super secret bonus question and the super secret bonus question alone and say, Andrew, you have won today. Ah, Um, Inserting pack man was really <laughs> <hate> great it. <laughs> and it hate made it. me laugh um yeah kyle you were so close man you were you were as close as you could have come but uh you just didn't do it with me for the the harry potter drop nice that's attempt, fair um, that's fair and with all that being said thanks for listening in to debate this follow along with the argument on twitter facebook and instagram at debate this cast and check out our website at debatethiscast.com. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review so more people can hear our nerdy, dumb retro reboot of the show. Until next time, I'm Matt Cole. I'm Kyle Ostrich Mount Harper. I'm Todd. Haptic feedback
0: is meant to simulate strangulation. Nintendo, you cowards. Thomas. And I'm Andrew, still mad at Mass Effect 3's ending. Henderson.
2: I'm <laughs> saying thanks for debating with us. And if you think we're wrong, then you can come fight us behind the swing says nerds.